Hello, welcome to Secondhand Stories. My name is Helen Black. I'm a performer, an improviser and a storyteller. Hello, and I'm Mark T. Cox. I am a writer, a storyteller and cabaret performer. And together we run a show called Secondhand Stories. Secondhand Stories began as a live storytelling show and we used to run it in London back when people were allowed to leave their houses and go and do lovely things like go to storytelling shows. And for now, and hopefully in the future, we are a podcast. Uh, We focus on storytelling that's true. So the story... Whatever story the storyteller tells, it has to have happened to them and it has to be about them. So they're from our own lives and they are true. (laughs) And the podcast works basically um, each week we have a theme, uh, we have a little bit of a chat and then each of us will tell you a lovely story around that theme. So the theme for this episode is cringe. So we'll be talking all about embarrassing things that have happened to us. And these might be embarrassing moments that we have caused, um, or they might be embarrassments that have happened to us out of control, romantic embarrassments, falling down, spilling things. There's a whole range of things that you can think about when you think about embarrassment. Um, Helen, have you anything Maybe even like today, have you had any embarrassing <laughs> moment? Um, well, embarrassment's a funny thing. It, I was I was a bit cross with myself and probably would have been more embarrassed if somebody had seen. But just now I was cooking the dinner and I saw the tea towel beside the hob, the flame on the hob. And I thought, that's too close to the flame on the hob. And then I went down and did whatever else I was doing. And then I put on the hob to cook the green beans, Mark. And I was like, it smells like fire. And I had set. <laughs> oh, no. And I was actually quite embarrassed telling my housemates about it because I was like, oh, it's so typical me to set the tea towel on fire. And I had a little oh, no. word with myself afterwards. I was like, no, you should have known that. You should have moved it away. <laughs> and you saw it. And, you- <laughs> and I didn't make any change. I saw it. Oh, no. Yeah. But you're saying, how did you stop it? I just blew on it. It was very small. <laughs> kind of petrol. <laughs> I just gave it a little blow and then I folded it kind of over itself. Oh, but, no. Yeah. Imagine about- how much worse it would be if someone saw, because the embarrassment changes depending on who's around as well. Yeah, yeah that's the thing. It's hard to be oh, embarrassed no. when you're on your own. You yes, can be, though. Yeah, you can. Yeah. What about you? I Do- find... <laughs> I've a lot of like embarrassment can be like just general just kind of awkwardness and just anxiousness Mm. which we're great at as Irish Mm. people Uh, and particularly now out in public I find I'm just I'm kind of stepping around and everyone's trying to avoid each other in shops because people are trying to keep their distance and you have this little dance that's going on in shops and then you ultimately you're you're knocking stuff over and tripping stuff over so I find that every time I go into a shop I'm embarrassed or just kind of anxious by being alive <laughs> and especially yeah. London is hard people are kind of pushing around so um, it's definitely ramped up the possibilities for embarrassing little accidents it's hard yeah, I, I <laughs> it's actually hard. today um, I went to, I got a coffee and the, there was no small coffee lids and I said the guy I was like oh there's no small lids and then he pushed kind of a stack of them towards me and I thought I was being helpful by picking them all up to put them over in you know the place where the coffee mugs were supposed to be and then I was like I've just touched 10 Mm. of your lids 
like it's like oh shit oh, no. I was only trying to be happy and then I was like oh, 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 sorry and he had a mask on but I, like I couldn't see what he was saying oh god <laughs> so actually you just dribble, dribble all over everything and exactly, yeah I just licked all of the lids just to be helpful <laughs> It's true. It's so everything is so confusing, and and you're trying to do the right thing, and then you just you're walking yourself into kind of silly situation. It's hard. Yeah. It's hard. Yeah. Just take it slow. That's the best way. Just try and slow down. Um, it's tricky. It's tricky. Yeah. I think I'm quite frantic as a person, so that doesn't doesn't suit me. I kind of do everything quickly, so the slowing down. Well, we all are in in a city. We all that's how we're used to like flying around. So it's strange now to have to like take stock a minute and try not mm. to walk in. I've walked into so many people trying to avoid them, just walk straight into their face, <laughs> trying to keep distance, but you end up licking them in the face. Yeah. Well, it's like what what is light has changed. You know, like it's like trying to open things for people or pass things to people as kind of polite before. And now it's like, no, well, that's, you know, now everybody's kind of tainted. Yeah. You hold the door and they're, yeah, yeah. You're they're looking mortified, at you like, ter- yeah. terrified of you. <laughs> it's oh, just a very God. embarrassing time at the minute. <laughs> just hide away, stay inside. Uh, have you a story for us uh, about a time I, in your life? <laughs> I have a story and actually for the listeners, um, Helen chose this theme and I have struggled to find a story for this theme mm-hmm. because it's probably natural instinct. You kind of hide, you you kind of bury away the times that mm-hmm. you've been embarrassed or you've done something embarrassing. I don't know. So I had to ask around. I had to text a few friends for ideas to like remind me of things that have happened to me. Um, and they were more than happy to remind me of stuff that's happened. Um, and a lot of them involved like falling over and looking like a fool. Um but this story is is a bit different and it's a story about a time I felt truly embarrassed, mortified, but also kind of ashamed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sometimes those two things can go together. Um, and it was reminded to me um, by my friend Fanola. So I met Fanola when I was in college um, and we've been friends for, for years since. And this story happened when I was about 21 or so. I'd, I actually can't remember the exact year, but around that time, around... Um, at the time when I thought I was a very mature and grown up person in full control of my life, um, but also still pretty useless at certain things and kind of prone to making mistakes and just figuring out, learning how the world was was working. So this one summer, it was August and I was living in Dublin and I was working and Fanola came up with the plan that we would go to Clifton for a few days for a little adventure. So if you don't, if you're not from Ireland and if you don't know Clifton, um, it's a very small town out in the far reaches of the west of Ireland, out in Connemara in County Galway. And if you go any further west, you're basically out in the Atlantic Ocean. It's a very beautiful, remote, wild part of the world. And it's a slow paced, dramatic countryside. And a lot of the people speak Irish as their first language. It's a really, it's a really nice place and very isolated for most of the year. Um, but every summer they have a huge festival called the Clifton Show, which <laughs> I didn't know about this until I uh, became friends with Fanola. Um, the Clifton Show is the largest annual gathering of Connemara ponies anywhere in the world. <laughs> so people from all over the country and all over the world come to Clifton every year to show off their lovely horses and ponies. And in particular, this breed, this Connemara pony. So Fanola had gone to school near Clifton and she talked us all about this. So 
I was fascinated and I wanted to see. And she told us stories about the carry on and the pubs and the music and the kind of other festival events that would pop up at the same time. Um, there'd be field days and fun fairs and competitions for like the most glamorous granny contest and <laughs> the most beautiful baby, all these kind of things. Um, and then the horsey events themselves, very glamorous, lots of showing off and parading horses all dressed up. And it's a whole world that I was never really involved in. Um, and the most exciting part, of course, is the annual, <laughs> uh, the musical ride, which is where the lovely ponies are paraded around with music playing and the ponies do like a little dance along to the music and then the pony that does the best dance uh, wins a trophy or something like that. I don't I don't really know how, how it works, but it sounded very exciting. So I said, of course, let's go. Sounds great. So Fanola was already in Clifton. Her family are big horse people. So that meant I had to make my way to Clifton all by myself. And at that age, I was very grown up and able to look after myself, but I hadn't really traveled that much on my own. So just getting the bus to Galway, kind of stressful and confusing. So I did lots of planning and organizing and printing out timetables. And I figured out how to get there. I had to get one bus from Dublin to Galway and then change in Galway to get another bus out to Clifton. And there I would meet Fanola and her mother and we'd have a lovely time. So the bags all packed and all organized. And I made my way off to the bus station in Dublin and I got the first bus and off we go. I was happy, confident. I had a lovely I don't know, latte from Centra and Tato's and snacks. And I was delighted. Off we go. And the bus from Dublin to Galway, it takes a long time. It's a good few hours. And all along the way, it stops in every single little town it passes. And as we were driving along, and I noticed a lot of traffic was building up and we were going very, very slow. And we stopped in each little town and I was checking the map on my phone to see where we were. And I I realized we were falling way off the timetable and mm. hours and hours were going by and it seemed like we were just crawling along, going on and off the motorway and screaming or screaming, creeping, <laughs> creeping <laughs> through these tiny little roads and kind of around bends. And it just felt like we were stopping in every single village in all of Ireland. I started to panic because my bus connection from Galway to Clifton was leaving at half six. And that was it. If I missed that bus, that was it. It was the last one for the day and I'd be stuck. So I started to quietly have a little meltdown in the seat and the time came towards six o'clock and there were miles and miles still to go till we got to Galway. And I was just an awful feeling. You're sitting there and there's nothing you can do and you're just watching the time pass. This bus is just creeping along the road and I decided I have to start complaining, which I know is useless, <laughs> but I had to do something. So I got up and I stormed my way down the aisle to the driver and I said, what's happening? Um, what time are we going to get to Galway? This is outrageous. And the poor man, he had been sitting in this traffic for about four hours and he was not in the humour to listen to me. And he just said, you know, we'll be there now in a minute. It'll be grand. Relax, sit down. This was a lie. Um, but he was done. <laughs> he he was just so fed up. <laughs> Bless him. He was he was done. So quarter past six, 20 past six, about half six came and went and we were nowhere near Galway. And I pounded my way down to the driver again and I said, I'm going to miss my bus. What will I do? He said, don't worry. They'll wait for you. They'll wait. Just sit down which was another lie. The man at this stage, I'd say he just wanted to abandon the bus on the side of the road and just give up. He was just 
done with life. So finally, about half seven, we pulled into the bus station in Galway and I jumped off and I ran through the station, hoping to find this magical bus to Clifton, which was waiting for me. Uh, But of course it was gone. The bus was gone at half six over an hour ago. And I was so confused and, and worried. And I stormed into the ticket office and I said, excuse me. And I was at that age where I didn't, I still hadn't figured out really how to be an adult in these situations. And I I didn't know how much complaining was necessary or appropriate. And I went in very strong (laughs) to start. I just said, excuse me. I said, I've been delayed. I have to get to Clifton. I've missed my connection. I'm outraged. What are you going to do about it? And the woman on the counter was numb. Like it was the end of the day. And she clearly had many other complaints (laughs) that day before me. And she just apologized and she said, it's awful. I'm very sorry. And she started giving me all the timetables for the buses for tomorrow morning. And I said, excuse me, I'm stranded here. And I started to pull out, you know, all those, those really good phrases when you want to complain. I started (laughs) to use every single word that I had heard in these situations. And I said, you know, this is ridiculous. This is outrageous. It's unacceptable. And like in reality, it was annoying. It was frustrating, but I could have, I could have stayed the night at Galway. I could have, I could have done something or made a plan. I got a bus tomorrow. Um, but I was on a rampage and I was angry and I was getting nowhere and I was so frustrated. So I did something which I'm not very proud of. I told a little lie <laughs> and I said, this is ridiculous. I said, it's outrageous. It's unacceptable. I said, I have an interview in Clifton this evening which I'm going to miss now because of you. And it's a huge problem. What are you going to do about it? And she looked at me and she swiveled round in her chair and she wheeled her way back to the kind of the back of the office. And there was a few other people working there and they had a chat. And then two minutes later, a man came walking towards me with a set of keys in his hands. And he said, are you the fellow trying to get to Clifton? And I said, yeah. And he said, come on with me. I was so confused. I thought, is he going to like get a new bus, what's happening? And he walked me through the car park over to a small little car and he said, hop in now and I'll take you. (laughs) And the the man who... I think it was a bus driver. I don't know who he was, but I had kicked up such a fuss that this this man was offering to drive me the whole way in his car, which is about an hour and a half. It's a long way to go. But it all happened so fast. And I sat in and off we go. And we went through the city and out along the Clifton Road. And he was so nice. And he was all chat and he was pointing out all the new buildings. And then he, he made sure to slow down and showed me the new roundabout. He was very excited <laughs> about that. And we were driving along and then he said, so what's the job? Oh. And I said, what? And he said, what's the job? The interview this evening, what's the job? And I just, I just wanted to cry. I, I felt so guilty and I was so ashamed. This lovely man was driving me because of this stupid lie that I had just spit out. But I had to keep it up. I was <laughs> in his car. So I said, oh, uh, oh, architecture. Yeah, yeah, architecture. <laughs> it's a small small architecture firm out there in Clifton. <laughs> you don't know about it, maybe. I was mortified. I just wanted to collapse on the ground. Oh. And we drove along and we got nearer to Clifton and I was updating Fanola. I was texting her and, and telling her what had happened. And she thought I had been abducted. I was supposed to be there hours ago. But I didn't tell her the full story. I was so ashamed. I didn't tell her about the lie and about the interview. I just said that the bus company had arranged a driver and I was on my way. Um, But looking back, I should have told her a little bit more detail because 
as we got to Clifton, um, the driver man, my driver, <laughs> the driver man um, uh, asked me where was I going? Where did he want to, uh, where did I want to get dropped off? And so I said the name of the hotel where I was due to have my interview and to meet this woman who was interviewing me. Um, it's about nine o'clock at night at this stage. So I don't know what he thought. But anyway, we start driving up to the hotel and I knew Fanola and her mother would be inside having drinks and I'd find them being be grand. And as we drive in the gate and I'm thanking the man and I said, you know, this is so important. You know, I was just going to town on this story now about this whole new life that I was going to have because of this job. We had an hour and a half to talk. So I had I had embellished everything beyond <clears throat> the need. And then as we drive up towards the door of the hotel, there is bloody Fanola. <laughs> And her mother out on the porch of the hotel, hands full of pints, <laughs> waving glasses of wine, shouting and screaming and cheering. They were so excited that I had finally made it. And the man looked at me and I was so embarrassed and ashamed and mortified. I just turned red, not even red, purple from head oh. to toe. And I started sweating and I just wanted to vanish. I threw myself out the door of the car. I don't think he even stopped the car. I just threw myself out the door <laughs> and I tripped and I stumbled and I ran up towards Fanola and, and her mother and I pushed them inside the door and I just fell in and wanted to vanish. The lessons... The lessons from this story to invite, uh, avoid embarrassment, um, don't tell lies. It's yeah. a bad thing to do. But if you do tell lies, um, make sure that your friends know about the lie, <laughs> at least. <laughs> so they can help you out and they don't ruin it. Whoa, That's great. my story. I'm a bad person. Oh, you're not a bad person. I have been there so many times. <laughs> you really have to just continue on the lie and double down on the lie. I was thinking by the end of it, you nearly believe it yourself. You're like, God, this interview I have now, you know. I'm convinced. I was convinced that I had gotten away with it. And, and then I was like, well, maybe he lives in Clifton. Maybe it's okay. Maybe he was going this way anyway. It's so far. Driving it now. Dear. Oh, Picture maybe, <laughs> maybe he thought you were just meeting your friends, and you were also. <laughs> if you could have seen, if you could have seen the welcome, the, the two women screaming on the porch, they were <laughs> like jumping up and down, and the festival and the dancing and the ponies everywhere. <laughs> oh, the, the ponies are there. It's also just the most Irish story. Like it's so Irish that the, the guy who come out with the, your man who come out off we go. I like, couldn't believe it. I'll take it. <laughs> oh dear! Well, you learned it, didn't you? I did. I did. I'm so, oh, it's it's terrible. It's awful. But it, but it does show you that the people of Galway are very nice. Very nice. <laughs> very nice. If you need, even if it's a lie. They will. He probably knew. He probably knew all along. He really knew. Maybe he was laughing at you. That could be. I'm it. sure he was. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, save us! Have you? Have you a story? I hope it's worse. Oh, that's right. I do. It's a, a different kind of embarrassment, but embarrassment nonetheless. Uh, cringe. So, I was. Uh, it was back in the days where I was living in Abu Dhabi, and I was going out with a guy who. Uh, I lived in Abu Dhabi for maybe a year and a half or so, two years and he uh was working there and I was a teacher I still am a teacher but um so I could get the summers off um mm. but he 
couldn't. So he had to work through the summer. So I came back to visit him during the summer and um, it was Ramadan and we stayed in a hotel in Dubai, but Ramadan, during Ramadan in Dubai, everything's shut in the main, like the malls, uh, which is kind of where a lot of people go to socialize. Uh, the malls are all shut. You're not allowed to eat or drink water um, during the day in public. And there's a few times you would kind of get caught out because you would have left the house and then you realize there's just nowhere you can buy food for the day. You have to go home if you need to eat or drink water. But uh, so I arrived in this hotel in Dubai and me and my ex-boyfriend were kind of, uh, I wouldn't say we we're going through a rough patch. I'd say it was probably the beginning of the end at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was kind of, there was kind of this pressure on uh, this, you know, few days for it to be nice and for us to get on. And everybody was kind of trying their best in denial about the fact that maybe the relationship was coming to an end. Um, mm. But it just felt like everything was going wrong for us. You know, like um, the hotel was really nice, but then we weren't allowed to go to the swimming pool. There was nowhere you could eat out during the day. Like you had to eat after it was dark and just all these kind of things. Um, so, but when, one day we found out in the more touristy areas in Dubai, um, they were still kind of open. But it and it was really hot as well because it'd be the middle of summer. I remember one time we got in the car and it was the to, uh, the thermometer in the car said it was fifty five degrees. So like obviously that goes down a bit, but like the heat is incredible and it's like the heat doesn't go at night time. So like even in the night. Because I think when you're on holiday, say you're in Spain or somewhere that's nice and it's sunny during the day, you kind of get a bit of relief in the nighttime. In Dubai, mm. there's no relief. And it, that's quite uh, kind of no, not nauseating, just hard, <laughs> hard work. Mm. So anyway, we found out that this um, this water park was open. Uh, for tourists so we said that would be a good thing to do with our day so the two of us went to this water park and it was um just full of tourists a lot um I'd say a lot more men than women which would be kind of common enough in Dubai Mm -hmm. they're often um some of the women that would live there wouldn't do things like go down water slides so these kind of things always ended up being a bit more um male heavy and uh, we kind of got there. We were like, okay, right, we're going to have a good day. This is going to all be okay. We're having fun. This is fun. And uh, there was this, um, like, a ride that is kind of has fake waves. And the fake waves come out and you're given this kind of a bodyboard. And you have to, which is kind of made of foam. So not a surfboard, like you would put it on your body, on your belly, like, and then you had to go kind of headfirst into the waves and attempt to kind of surf. So we got into the queue for this ride and my ex was kind of saying, are you sure you want to do this now? And then I was probably offended by that. And I was like, well, yeah, of course I can do it. What do you mean? I can do it. And then uh, I noticed that I was the only woman in the queue. So there was probably six people ahead of us and they were all men. And, um, my ex was in front of me and he went down first and uh, he kind of got some water in his face, like was knocked off the board a bit and kind of stood to the side. So before I went down, the lifeguard said to me, uh, she called me over and she says like, mom, 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 you have to wear this. So she handed me this kind of a t-shirt 
thing, uh, like a uh, rash guard, waterproof uh, t-shirt. Mm-hmm. And she said, you have to put that on because I think any anybody who's been to a water park will know that often uh, women's bikini tops are the first thing to go and these kind of things. Oh God. Um, so I think that was the purpose of the T-shirt was to prevent my uh, bikini top flying off. So I said, fine, I put this on. And then um, I was kind of looking at the at the waves, the fake waves. I was like, oh, they're a little bit bigger than I thought. Um but now she's around here. And also most people that had finished um, going on the ride had uh, stayed afterwards to kind of watch other people do it because some people were really good. And so there's probably an audience of, uh, I'd say maybe 20 to 25 people, all men watching. And uh, so I was looking at this water and I was like, okay, you're going to do this. You're going to do this. And then I held the, foam board in front of my body and I just went straight down and the board just came back up and just smacked me in the face and you know the kind of pain where you're banged in the nose so your eyes kind of start to water and it's just ow 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 ow, ow. and I was like oh this stupid ride and the water was kind of splashing on me and I, my nose was really hurting and I was thinking oh is my nose bleeding ow and I was like oh people are watching me crying now this is embarrassing and then I looked at the lifeguard's face and the lifeguard just brought her hand to her mouth like oh and I was like what like uh, it was embarrassing I hurt my nose and then I realized I just kind of put my hands on my bottom and realized I had no bikini bottoms (laughs) just they weren't like around my ankles they just were not on me (laughs) so the wave had taken them off and sent them to the other side of the swimming pool so I was (laughs) like I feel like the the actually the presence of the t-shirt nearly made me look more naked from the waist <laughs> and I was there like I'm, I'm talking a full bush now full bush here in front of all these people that are watching and I was like oh my god oh my god and I looked at uh, my ex and I in my head was like well this is his fault and I was like oh my god him and he was like you have to go and get them so I kind of walked over and then I picked them up and then I had to bend down oh my god and I was thinking if I I have to bend down so either I'm gonna put my bare arse to the whole water park or to the audience of people that are actually looking so I kind of thought the rest of the water park that weren't um, just looking directly at me was probably better, um, a better alternative than the crowd who were watching me. And I just was so embarrassed, so embarrassed. And I like, I actually, because I was nearly crying from the nose uh, bang uh, already. So I just burst into tears and I got to the side of the um, the pool and uh, there was like, there was a poster kind of uh, uh, like, hanging up um, on display kind of you know maybe it was like a signpost that said like was a map of the park let's say so I stood in the shade behind that poster and my uh, ex-boyfriend came in with me and I was like I can't believe that happened I can't believe you made me go on that thing and he was like now Helen I did like I didn't make you go on it and I was like you must have known that that was gonna happen there was no women in the queue why did you let me do it when there's, there's no women there and he was like okay well like it's not my fault <laughs> and I was I'm just so 
embarrassed at the anger that was coming out. It was completely misguided and it just landed on the first person I saw. And I would like to think maybe nowadays I would, uh, I would be able to stop and assess why I was feeling oh. the way I was feeling. <laughs> you know, I was about 24. I, could, I had no control over my emotions. I was just like, this is his fault for bringing me to this stupid place. I didn't even want to come here. <laughs> and then um, he said, because to get out of there, we had to walk past the crowd again. And I mm. refused to do that for about 20 minutes. And then eventually I had to give in and I had to walk past all the people that had seen my uh, full bush, full white bush. Oh. Oh. I, I don't know if I'm going to mark from that one, to be honest. It's just... It's just embarrassing. Well, uh, 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 can uh, <laughs> did it go up over your head, or how did it <laughs> how did it come off you? Oh, I think I think the wave because I was like so. If I was lying horizontal, the wave yeah. crashed in first. my face. Yeah, but also oh. the force of it just pulled my bottoms off. <laughs> Because I think if it went so head first, so it kind of crashed down the sides of me, then the, the bottoms just came off. Um, oh my God, there's so many. And the heat, anything in the heat is more stressful anyway. De- definitely very oh badly dehydrated as well. So that doesn't happen. Oh my God. I would collapse. I, that's devastating. And you're so exposed. <laughs> and be, oh my gosh. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. Did you leave the country then? Is that why you left? Yeah, that's why I left. That's why we broke up. I'll <laughs> never go back. <laughs> oh my God, Marta. And you're so, oh my, and in another country, you're so, you're so panicked about everything. Any exactly. Small things can be wrong. You're making mistakes, different cultures. And, oh my God. Yeah, exactly. And especially like as a kind of Westerner there in Ramadan, you're so aware of like, not doing the wrong thing or being ignorant yeah. or and there and then you take off your clothes <laughs> and then I just take off my clothes <laughs> oh my goodness thanks for sharing that <laughs> I'm mortified be careful now it's summertime again so tie those bikinis I'll always wear two pairs of bottoms <laughs> just in case one of them gets off. <laughs> or start, start, start with no bottoms and then you have <laughs> nowhere to go wrong <laughs> oh my God. I'm mortified. Oh well, that was the point. Oh, perfect. Thank you for for sharing that. It's lovely. Well, that was it. Oh, are we? I'm. Are we done? I think that's, that's it. it. Yeah. That's mm. We're all finished. Oh my God. I love. I love this episode. It's it was very favorites. good. Yeah, it was really good. good. <laughs> well, you like. Oh. Share it on your social media if you like currently listening to that would be nice mm. Mm. Uh, we'll find us online oh yeah find us online tell us your stories um hopefully at some stage we'll be back for a real life performance but until that day Soon. we'll keep doing the podcast or maybe we'll do both mark oh we could keep we could keep doing both <laughs> oh i will Sorry, see go you soon Yes, I will see you too. soon. Thank you, everyone, for listening. These are so okay. nice to make. And thank thanks for everyone who's getting in touch. And okay, that's it.
Bye. Thank you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> bye. bye. Thank you.